Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, Real Presence Live listeners. Talking about uh, beautiful with a capital capital B. It's a beautiful day of snowfall here across southern Minnesota. So I am actually broadcasting live uh, a lot closer to home in Waseca, Minnesota. This is Nick Medelsky, the Listener Relationship Coordinator uh, for Real Presence Radio here in southern Minnesota. And as I said, it's a it's a beautiful, snowy, blowy day. A great day to uh, to be home. <laughs> a lot closer to home. Uh, great show coming up today, but before we get started, let's begin as we begin all things in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Advocate, Spirit of Truth, who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of blessings, bestower of life, come and dwell within us, cleanse us of all that defiles us, and, O good one, save our souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Uh, As I said just a second ago, a wonderful show coming up today. Uh, We've got... uh, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Transcendentals uh, later on. That sounds kind of scary, but we'll get through it. Uh, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, also, Giving Tuesday. Happy Giving Tuesday to you. If you don't know what that is, stick around till the end of the show. We're going to be speaking with Mike Kidrowski, our Director of Advancement here at Real Presence. He'll walk us through what Giving Tuesday is all about. Uh, but first, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce my first guest, Kevin O'Neill. Uh, welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. And could you uh, let our listeners know a little bit about you? Sure. Well, we don't have snow here. We're in northern <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> but uh, uh, my family and I, we have uh, we just welcomed our ninth child into the world here about uh, 10 days ago. And uh, we, write, uh, we write books based on the faith. And the first book uh, is called Catechism of the Seven Sacraments. And the second book is called The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven. And we... Uh, use typology, real theology, and we illustrate these graphic novels using our own Lego toys here at home. Very cool, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, it's it's a really unique way to present the faith. Um, uh, so, uh, first of all, I guess we should start from square one, I guess. Uh, why is it important, uh, why did you feel it was important to write these kinds of books uh, to teach the truths of the faith to children, especially, like you said, typology and things like that, that even a lot of adults uh, might not be aware of uh, in the Catholic Church. Uh, could you explain maybe why you think that's uh, important to teach to children? Well, I think, first off, it's probably the most effective tool of teaching and transmitting the faith, because hmm. when you combine uh, images and theology, it teaches to the long-term memory of children. And hmm. as a homeschooling family, uh, we're always looking for resources to be able to do that, and hmm. Uh, the, the calling to, to do such a thing came when we had a book called The Brick Bible, which we didn't realize at the time, but it was written by an atheist, and it was completely blasphemous. And it came into uh. our home like a, like a Trojan horse. Uh. But I saw that, I saw, you know, this resource kept pulling my kids to the Bible. And then uh, then you find out that it's, uh, it's blasphemous, and, and we got rid of it. 
And my son continued to say, well, can we just look at a few of the pictures? And I said, no, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, we're going we're gonna to make one, and we're going to teach real theology. And there are two things I never thought I would do, write a book and, and play with Legos, but here we are. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the homeschool dad spirit, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, you, you spoke about that, that brick Bible that despite it being, you know, kind of a, uh, an interesting and exciting uh, format, to, to talk about the Bible, it was ultimately by an atheist, and not really teaching the lessons that uh, that you thought were that that you know, uh, like you said, blasphemous, not appropriate to teach the faith. Um, in what other ways have you seen? You know, there, there's a lot of uh, uh, different resources floating around, right? Uh, that are supposed to be uh, about teaching the faith to children. Uh, have you? Kind of seen was, was there an issue with with anything you see out there currently? Maybe watering down the faith, things like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would just say that you know it seems like we could do so much more. And so, for example, uh, you know, we take these images and put them side by side. And imagine a, a child reading this now. Imagine six pictures on one side, six pictures on the other side, and we show how sin comes into the world the same way that sin leaves the world. So sin came into the world, God walks with man, we see him in a garden, the Garden of Eden, a man and a woman, Adam and Eve at a tree, they take the fruit from the tree, they eat it, and sin and death enter in. Everybody knows that. But now, where's the completion of this? And so then we show that. Sin leaves the world the same way. Jesus, who is God, walks with man. We see him in a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. We see a man and a woman, our Lord and our Lady, at a tree, the cross, but this time the fruit is put back on the tree, and that's scriptural. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, and we have to eat from the fruit of that tree, which is the Eucharist taken from the tree of life, so that sin and death can leave the world. And if that's not enough for you, when they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, an angel was stationed in the east with a fiery sword drawn so they couldn't re-enter. Well, when sin is leaving the world in the Garden of Gethsemane, what does Christ tell Peter? Sheath your sword. So in one garden, a sword is drawn. In the next garden, the sword is sheathed. And when they were kicked out of Eden, the ground was cursed with thorns. When our blessed Savior left the Garden of Gethsemane, he took our curse and crowned himself with it. And so these things, children always know it. Hey, you know, there's, there's our, our Lord on the cross with a crown of thorns. Well, what's the significance of the crown of thorns? So they have all the dots. We just put them right next to each other and make it fun. Beautiful, and yeah, as uh, as the father of, of young ones, I, I can attest that they they often notice details uh, that we might not notice because we're so used to seeing things. Uh, but especially, like you said, that crown of thorns. A lot of us might not uh, think beyond the initial, you know, oh, it was a you know a, a horrible thing for the Romans to do to torture Jesus, uh, but not co making that connection right back to Genesis and that typology taking, connection. Yeah, not just dying for our sins, but taking our entire curse bringing it to the cross, and taking it to the resurrection. I mean, look, even, even and, and there's so much typology in, in all of our books, uh, in, in the first creation story. You know, it was on Friday when Eve was brought forth from the side of Adam, and it was on Good Friday when Christ's side was pierced and the church was born upon the mm. cross. And then it was on Saturday in the first creation story when God rested. Well, why is he resting? He's, he's calling his shots, and it was on Holy Saturday that our Lord laid in the tomb. And then you have Adam, who is the, the gardener, 
and Christ at the resurrection, at this new beginning, what happens when Mary Magdalene goes up to him? She mistakes him as a gardener. And you have this new creation, this kickoff of Christendom begin all through Christ our Lord, and this is what we show. And we show the Mass as the new Exodus. All of the sacraments in our first book show this biblical typology. And it's just because something is profound doesn't mean it's complicated. And children and families can learn this. Absolutely. If you're just joining me right now, uh, Nick Podelsky speaking with Kevin O'Neill here on Real Presence Live. Um, so uh, you mentioned something there at the end that, uh, you know, that typology and, and making these kind of connections in the Bible and things like that, to some people it might sound a little too confusing uh, for children, uh, but I think that's not the case. No, in fact, it, it completes the thought. And once a child can complete the thought, then it's anything but confusing. And so even when you take it to, uh, like I just mentioned, the Mass as the New Exodus, in our book, The Holy Mass, On Earth as It Is in Heaven, we show how, look, Moses went up the mountain, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments, which was the Word of God, written with the finger of God. It is the law of God, and it's the covenant. When we're at the Mass, the priest ascends the holy mountain of Calvary, and he comes down with the Eucharist, which is the Word made flesh, it is the new and everlasting covenant, and it is the law fulfilled. One thing about the, that there's a volley back and forth of Scripture in the Old Testament and New Testament, and in the Old Testament God says, I will make a new covenant with my people, I will write it on their hearts and put it on their minds. And then St. Paul says it best, he says this new covenant not written on tablets of stone, but written on the fleshy tablets of their hearts. And so the same finger of God that wrote the law into the tablets of stone now writes the law into our hearts through the Eucharistic covenant. It's like we get a heart transplant, and guess what every single Eucharistic miracle is? They're all heart tissue. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, So that's, uh, you know... uh, Typology, I think everyone, uh, you know, is that that uh, part of theology where you draw these connections, right, uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and even sometimes within the New Testament, um, which is a really cool way of seeing how God has, uh, you know, prepared the people, right, for the coming of his Son and uh, and all of that. It's, it's just so beautiful, and I think not enough people... Um, Understa- understand that. I think, you know, growing up, uh, even going to Catholic school, I didn't know what typology was until I went to college. Um, and I think, as you said, it's, uh, I, I love how you say it, of, you know, completing the thought. Right. That's a really great way of putting it. And, and once you can complete the thought, then you have it memorized. Otherwise, everything is just a series of particulars, unless you can take it to the universal. Once you can take it to the universal, that's when the true evangelization begins. Uh, even, look, in our, in our first book on the, on the sacraments, uh, people always say, where's, where's confession in the Bible? You know, there are only two times in the Scripture when God breathes on his people. The first time is when he breathes into Adam's nostril and Adam has life, and then Adam sins and death enters in. And the second time is when Jesus, who is God, breathes on his disciples after the resurrection and says, go and forgive sins. Whosoever sins you forgive are forgiven and retained are retained. So Adam had the breath of God and lost it through sin. Christ removes our sin and gives us that breath back so that we can have life in him. And, and for anybody 
that's wondering, you know, where they can get this. The book is certainly published through Sophia Institute Press. Uh, we do have it on our site right now for a Christmas discount of $31 mm. uh, and free shipping. And um, the name of our site, if you want to buy it from us directly, is called uponthisblock.com. <laughs> a little play <laughs> on, it. Of, of course, words there. But, yeah, uponthisblock.com. Beautiful, uponthisblock.com. And uh, to kind of tangential, uh, we've been talking theology for a bit, but I'm just curious, uh, since you're using uh, Lego figures to sort of um, animate, I guess, the book, you could say, uh, was was there any kind of issue with, did, did you need to get permission from, from Lego to use Legos in a book? How, how did that process work? No, we just stay within their Fair Play Act. We don't pretend that Lego has put this book out. Lego is a brand that makes toys, and we have no uh, we have no affiliation with them. They have no affiliation with us, and uh, they've they've been very liberal with their products in the sense of allowing users to use them artistically. And that's what we've done. We just build all of these scenes and sets and, and explain the faith to families. And was it a difficult uh, sell to a Catholic publisher? Uh, when you said, I want to make a book with Legos that teaches typology to children. I mean, was that, was that a hard pitch to sell to a Catholic publisher, or were they ready and, and w- waiting for something like that? You know, we, uh, at this point, we have now, I, I think there's over 100,000 copies in print of both wow. of our books. And we uh, we just worked on it. We didn't, uh, we we never entered into it as a business model. We just got to work our family has poured hours and hours and hours into it, and uh, we create every single scene. We take every single photograph. We put it digitally, and we write the books. And so that's uh, and and here we are. And combining real Catholic theology with imagery, it's what the church has always done. We've done it through stained glass windows. We've done it through statues. Well, this is something that can relate to your children and deliver theology. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'm excited to talk more about uh, both of your books after the break. Uh, Speaking with Kevin O'Neill right now, uh, the author of The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven, as well as a book on the Seven Sacraments. Uh, Both are available through Sophia Institute Press, as well as uh, uponthisblock.com. That would get it straight from from Kevin there. Stick tuned, stay tuned, <laughs> stay tuned with us through the break here on Real Presence Live. Again, Nick Modelski coming to you live from Wasika, Minnesota. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts. 
including our signature show, Real Presence Live, the Real Presence radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. You may be Catholic today merely because your family is Irish or Italian or from the Philippines. Going to Mass is what you do because your family has always done it. But being a member of the body of Christ is so much more than a cultural or ethnic identity. Being a son or daughter of the King of the Universe is so much more than something you do. It is who you are, and it goes to the deepest level of your identity and your reason for existing. God wants to draw us into His family to change our lives forever. But He also wants us to be willing members of that family. And so we have to give Him permission. God has no grandchildren. Own your relationship with God and His church. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Uh, Nick Bedelski, pleased to be with you, joining you from Wasika, Minnesota, where we're just starting to get the, the snowfall coming down, a little bit of wind. It'll be a beautiful wintry day, and as I said earlier, a great day to be broadcasting from Wasika. Uh, if you're just joining us, Kevin O'Neill is joining us by phone, uh, speaking about uh, his book, The Holy Mass, On Earth As It Is in Heaven. Uh, Kevin, that's a pretty interesting title. Um, that, that uh, um, you know, end of the title there, On Earth As It Is in Heaven. Could you explain to us a little bit uh, why you chose that title? Yeah, our, our book really shows the Mass as the new Exodus, and so there's a little, little setup in between uh, the question and the answer. But, you know, God told Moses, he, he didn't just tell Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He said, let my people go so that they may worship me. And he leads them into the wilderness. Through all the miracles and the plagues and all of that good stuff going on, we miss the most important part, and it's when he leads them into the wilderness and God teaches them how to worship him. He tells them how to build the tent of worship, how to deploy the priesthood, how to ordain, what kind of oils to use for anointing, what kind of incense to use, what kind of candles to use, how to build the altar of sacrifice, what kind of linens, what kind of vestments. I mean, the Catholic looks at that and goes, oh my goodness. He taught them a liturgy. Right. And then he tells them how to build the tabernacle. And God, who dwells upon the mountain and places himself within the tabernacle, overshadowing it by, as fire by night and cloud by day. And the Catholic just looks at that and goes, that's a liturgy. There's a tabernacle. Christ was crucified where? On the mountain. And now he dwells within our tabernacle. And the tabernacle's always been the meeting place between God and his people. Well, Forget meeting, this is now the joining, this is now the union where I mentioned where God can write the laws into our hearts. Hmm. And so as we, as we venture down the road here, we see God teach us this liturgy. Well, in the New Testament, it's shortly after the 72 come back is when they ask God, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he teaches them in our, the Our Father. And if you look, both Matthew and Luke's account of the Our Father is understood based on their liturgical 
understanding. Mm. And so when you look at the Mass, and you look at the Our Father, the perfect prayer and the perfect sacrifice, they line up a little too peculiar. <laughs> the Our Father begins by invoking God's name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Mass begins by invoking God's name. After we invoke God's name in the Our Father, heaven and earth come together. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Mass, heaven and earth then come together. After heaven and earth come, come together in the Our Father, the next verse is, give us this day our super substantial bread. Mm. For anybody just hearing that word that way the, for the first time, that's how St. Jerome translated it. The word is epiusius. It means super substantial bread. It's not a pizza. It's a hot dog. It's, of course, our physical needs here on Earth. It's always transcendent. But the, the, the main takeaway is always the spiritual needs, and it's that manna from heaven. In the Mass, after heaven and earth come together, we are given that super substantial bread. In the Our Father, then, what does it go on to say? And forgive us our trespasses. We ask for forgiveness and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The forgiveness is granted to us after the super substantial bread. And in the Eucharist, the same is true. What did Christ say? This is for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. And then the Our Father sends us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Mass literally means to send. Mm-hmm. Go. Get out of here. Make Christians of the world. And so, the, and, and how amazing is it that the point in the Mass, when we say the Our Father, the perfect prayer is said right in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and there's just such an incredible climax of the Mass at that moment. Uh, and so that's why we named the book The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's that's just so cool. I love that. I think that may have been the first time I've heard someone really line it out like that, each part of the uh, the Mass as it coincides with, as you said, you know, the perfect prayer, the prayer Jesus said, this is this is the one to pray, right, in Scripture <laughs> yeah. with the Our Father. So that's just so cool. That's fantastic. Um, really excited about this book, uh, just, you know, on all the different parts of typology that you've mentioned. Uh, I also wanted to mention, uh, just talk about a little bit, the previous book uh, you put out, which I believe was about the seven sacraments, if you could uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that one. Yeah, you know, there's there's some, our faith is so rich. And let's start with the Eucharist, Stephen. We, we follow Pope Benedict XVI's uh, theology of covenant, and so we start with the Eucharist. Because if you understand the Eucharist, it's the master key, and everything flows from and back to the Eucharist. The priesthood is irrelevant without the Eucharist. The, the sacrament of confession is irrelevant without the Eucharist. Marriage is Eucharistic. And so the Eucharist is the source and summit. Now, with that being said, we have Christmas coming up. In this book, we teach children that, look, where was Christ born? He was born in Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? It means house of bread. And in Aramaic, it means house of flesh. And so the bread of life and God become flesh are born in both the house of bread and house of flesh, laid in a manger, which is where the sheep come to eat. And we show that. We show so many different uh, things in there that it's just it's mind-boggling. After we explain the Eucharist as the covenant, it's the perfect time then to explain Our Lady, and we have a nice little section in there on Our, our Blessed Mother. 
you know, she is the new ark. And the old ark in the Old Testament had to be made perfect and pure. Our Lady was made perfect and pure. The old ark was overshadowed. Mary was overshadowed. The old ark traveled to the hill country of Judea. Mary traveled to the hill country of Judea. David leapt for joy in the presence of the old ark. John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. And in fact, this is going to be one every Catholic, their mind is going to go up and and finish finish the thought. The old ark, when it left the tent of worship in the Old Testament, it was covered with a veil. That veil was blue. And so Our Lady... When she appears, this is the Catholic imagery that we've all known for so long. Mm. Again, why? Why does a child sit there and see the crown of thorns on our Lord's head? Because he took our curse and crowned himself with it. Why does our Blessed Mother, why do we see these images of blue? Because she is the new ark. She is the, the vessel of, of the delivery of our salvation through Christ our Lord. And, and so this is what we do as we teach these things in our book. Beautiful. Um, I, I again that that imagery is just so so beautiful. Like you said, our our faith is so rich with all these symbols, and being able to put it you know visually in a book is just so cool and such a great way uh, to teach children. Um, I I have a question here uh, that uh, that was uh, uh, written down for me. Um, so uh, our faith is full of these beautiful symbols, but also full of some you know. Uh, fancy or confusing sounding uh, terminology, things like mm-hmm. transubstantiation, the incarnation. I mean, these things are mysteries that we have a lot of words to try and explain, but in the end, we're we're explaining a mystery. How how do you explain concepts like that to children? Well, I would you know things. We try not to get bogged down in in big words. We teach them, but then you can show the simplicity of it. So transubstantiation, it is. The changing of a substance, so the bread is no longer bread. It's 100% the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Leave it at that. And, and you know, <laughs> and sometimes we just, uh, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right? And we all, I know that's how I learn best when somebody uses that method uh, to teach me. If we try to overcomplicate or try to overexplain, then, then we lose them. But the fact of the matter is, is that we should be teaching children. Uh, the beauty, and then from the beauty, the other things will fall into place. So, for example, it's like a crossword puzzle. If you begin a crossword puzzle, uh, there might be 50 questions. You only know 10 of them the first time you go through. Mm. But now you have plugins, and you go back, and now you know 15 down, or, uh, you know, or ah. 18 across, because you have those plugins. And so that's where it's important. Teach the beauty. And then you can go ahead and, and unless somebody's getting hung up on a word, don't worry about it. That's that's an excellent point, right? <laughs> Fancy words, but uh, it, like you said, it, it's very. It, it's easy to explain them in a very simple way. Um, so uh, perfect, fantastic. Um, I also see in the uh, the. Um, well, I guess uh, I'll ask it this way: uh, what What do you hope? children get out of this book or is it you know is this book just for children it's, it's probably intended for their parents as well but what do you hope people get out of this this book the, the holy mass well i can tell i can tell you right now that uh, what we hoped we would get out of it we are already starting to see in the reviews 
Uh, and the same has already happened with the, the last book. We have over 300 reviews on, on Amazon at Holy Heroes and so on. Uh, but obviously, we, we just want them to come away with a love for the faith. Because like the Baltimore Catechism says, our, our purpose is to know, love, and serve God. We cannot, and, and it's in that order for a reason. You have to know him before you can love him. Mm. And you have to love him before you can serve him. And mm. so faith comes through hearing. So yes, parents should be reading this book to their children uh, at night. And guess what? They will learn alongside of them. If you don't believe me, take a look at the reviews. And so, but that's the order. Know, love, and serve. And what's the best way to be drawn to somebody through beauty? You see this, mm. this, this beauty, this character, and this is the church, this is the bride of Christ, and it is so beautiful, so unblemished. And this is, these, these are the teachings the early church taught that really exploded the faith. This typology and, and this love that Christ poured out for us. Well, fantastic. Uh, before we, uh, we're coming up kind of towards the end of our time together, uh, could you share again uh, how people can get copies of the books? Absolutely. You could get it directly from our family, which certainly helps us quite a bit. And we have it on sale right now for 30, it's thirty ninety five, I think, uh, and it, uh, with free shipping. And our website is called upomthisblock.com. Again, upomthisblock.com. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia Press is the publisher. You could certainly go there and get it as well. We would encourage that. Holy Heroes or your local Catholic bookstore. Please support them, too. Well, fantastic. Uh, once again, Kevin O'Neill joining me. The name of the book is The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you, Kevin. Thank you for joining us. Nick, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And uh, after we come back from the break, we'll be speaking with Father Andrew uh, Thuringer about experiencing God through the transcendentals. This is Nick Medelsky live in Wasika, Minnesota. Stay tuned on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 